You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, we made it through the off-season, and now the hard part, making it through the Miami Dolphins' regular season. This is supposed to be the fun part. This is supposed to be the fun part. And 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 let's be honest, it's going to be the fun part. It just Listen, I I this game played out almost exactly as I expected it today. Dolphins falling at the hands of the New England Patriots 21 to 11 in Foxborough to open the 2020 season. There was there were a lot of storylines to come out of this, and it's a disappointing result to open the season for the Dolphins. But it was not without, I think, some some bright spots that I think are are going to be you know worth keeping an eye on, and hopefully signs of better things to come down the road. So, Brain, why don't you? We'll just start this off with why don't you talk about what your biggest takeaways are from this season opener in Foxborough? Well, I, I think it's obvious. And I think the coach, you know, Brian Flores in his press conference pretty much addressed it when the, he was questioned about uh, the team's run defense. Look, you give up over 200 yards rushing. You're not going to win very many football games when you give up 200 yards rushing. Of course, the turnovers too. I mean, when you turn the ball over three times, you're not going to win very many games when you turn the ball over three times. But the combination of the two is especially difficult. But really, the turnovers, I feel, are those can get cleaned up easier than just getting physically manhandled at the point of attack. And I said coming into this game, I said that I didn't think a lot was made about, oh, Cam Newton in this Patriots offense, and we don't know what to expect because Brady's been there for 20 years, and Cam Newton's never been a a New England Patriot, and we have no idea what's going to happen. I didn't buy into that. I think we knew what was going to happen, and that was the Patriots were going to run the ball. I think there were questions as far as, how much they would allow Cam Newton to be the Cam Newton of old. And that was answered pretty quickly. And over the course of this game was answered very emphatically that, yeah, they're going to let Cam Newton be Cam Newton and run the ball basically whenever he wants to or whenever uh, it is the right football play. But the, the question was, can this Dolphins defensive front 
pass the test against a very good physical New England Patriots offensive line that was going to try to run right at them and keep things simple. And in this game, they did not pass the test. They failed the test. And that is the biggest takeaway because ultimately, I think Brian Flores wants this to be a smash mouth team. And he wants the identity of this team to be very strong on the defensive side of the ball. And if you cannot stop the run, you will never be good on the defensive side of the ball. So that's the biggest takeaway. There's a lot of room to grow in that area. Yeah, that was to me the biggest story of this game was that the Patriots offensive line just completely dominated the defensive front of the Miami Dolphins and the Dolphins struggled, particularly in the second half, the Dolphins were struggling to come up with a big stop. And if it wasn't for Jerome Baker making a big play to force a fumble from Nkeel Harry that ends up going through the end zone, this game is probably over a lot earlier than it actually ended. And it's probably a bit more lopsided than it was. It was really, we've, you always talk about football as a game of two halves, right? Is the is the famous sort of phrase. And you it's always about which team makes the adjustments best in the second half and what we found out was that in this game it was still New England and they came out in the second half and showed us things that the Dolphins were not ready for. And that was sort of one of the things that I thought might happen. It's a completely different Patriots team. And what they did was they ran a lot of sort of vintage Patriots offense, but they also mixed in all of these what run play, run uh, RPOs, these run pass options. They had Cam Newton taking the ball himself as we expected to happen, the design quarterback runs, and it all kept the Dolphins off balance. And when you add that in with the fact that the Dolphins couldn't, really make a dent when it came to the defensive line against that O-line from the Patriots, the result is not going to be pretty. And that was certainly the case in this one. Yeah, look, I, I'll i give Josh McDaniels credit for adjustments that he made. But the fact of the matter is, it, it, it wasn't difficult. <laughs> the, even in the first half, uh, the Patriots were basically moving the ball at will on the ground, but you had a drop pass by Julian Edelman. You had, uh, you know, a timely sack when, when the Patriots decided to, to throw the ball. You had on a key third down, Cam, Cam Newton slipping on that one end of the field right around between like the 40 to 45 yard line. Uh, you know, we saw Preston Williams slip to, slip a couple times. We saw Cam Newton slip there. There must have been three or four times over the course of the game that there was a patch on that field where nobody could could stay upright. But that that goes besides the point. The Dolphins kind of got some lucky breaks in the first half and uh, were able to stay in the game and kind of build momentum going into the locker room on the on the strength of those but in the second half when the patriots just got back to basics and just made like a few minor things they they just said look the dolphins aren't really stopping 
our running game unless they're putting 9, 10, 11 guys in the box. So let's come out. Let's run some play action. Let's let's hit that gap between the linebackers and the safeties. They did that a few times. That loosened up the Dolphins' defense, and then they went right back to the ground, and they did it. It's not difficult. Football is not a complicated game when you are physically able to manhandle your opponent. It becomes much more challenging when you're not able to do that, and that's when you need to rely on scheme and and misdirection and fooling the other team. There, it's it's really not that difficult to just say they can't stop our run unless they bring extra guys into the box. So when they have extra guys into the box, we do a play action. When they loosen it up, then we then we smash them in the mouth and we run the ball right up the gut. And that's what they did. And what that just comes down to is they physically manhandled the Miami Dolphins at the point of attack. And it's easy to coach. I could have coached. I could have made the game plan adjustments. Yes. Did Josh McDaniels ultimately win the coaching matchup between the Patriots offense and Brian Flores' defense? Yes. Not going to take anything away from him, but it really wasn't that difficult because the game was won at the line of scrimmage. Right. As it, as it very much often is in the National Football League. So that's really the story. The, the biggest takeaway of this game is that the defense just could not do really very much of anything to slow the Patriots down. I guess the other part of the story is that this was kind of a game that, that the Dolphins offense looked like an offense or looked like what you would expect an offense to look like when they have not had any preseason games and you've got uh, a new offensive coordinator in town implementing an entirely new system. And that was why I think the Dolphins offense just kind of looked out of sorts for the entirety of this game. There were some moments there. There were some there were some positive moments. Um, I, I thought that Miles Gaskin had a very good game, uh, really impressive performance from Gaskin today. That was good to see. And I think the I, I mean, really, one of the more positive aspects of this game, I think, in general for the Dolphins is how well the offensive line performed when it came to pass protection, particularly Austin Jackson, I thought had a fantastic game. And in fact, I think we we had a question uh, that came in on Twitter. And since we're ta- since I brought it up, I'll, I'll mention the question right now, which came in from our good friend at three kids are a blessing and. Uh, they said, uh, disappointing when you lose, but have to be happy with starting two rookie offensive linemen, but didn't, but really didn't notice them. Fitz didn't get sacked until late in the fourth quarter, and he got sacked on a play where the Dolphins were moving up tempo, and he sort of ran into the sack. So really, it wasn't on the O-line there. Um, and then they, he asked, were you both happy with Solomon uh, Kinley and Austin Jackson's debuts? And I think, I, I don't have, it was sort of in a little bit more inconclusive as far as Solomon Kindley is concerned, but I thought Austin Jackson, I thought, had a fantastic game in this one. Well, I mean, one thing that you could say for certain is that if your left tackle uh, doesn't get his name called very often, then he he didn't have a bad game. We didn't notice Austin Jackson for much for much of the game, and as a left tackle, that's typically a trademark of a of a very good game. Um, I will say uh, there was a play I want to say in the third quarter 
maybe it was early in the fourth quarter where Austin Jackson probably got away with a hold uh, that was pretty obvious. And then uh, on the very next play, it ended up not mattering because uh, Eric Flowers got called for for a hold on on what would have otherwise been a first down run. But but yeah, you have to feel good about the game that he had and that Kinley had. I don't want to get too overly excited about it um, without maybe getting a chance to look at the All-22 and, and kind of see more in depth what they did. But in general, this Dolphins offensive line looked a lot better than the Dolphins offensive line from last year and better than I would have expected it to look. That said... This is not exactly the same New England Patriots defense that uh, it was last year or that it has been in years past. They lost their top four linebackers uh, off of off of last year's roster. But that said, look, you only give up one sack and it doesn't come till late in the game. And even on that sack, it was almost like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of ran into the sack. You have to feel pretty good about it, at least at this point. Um, so it, definitely at the very least, a solid debut for those guys. As far as the Dolphins offense against the New England Patriots defense, look, you got to give New England some credit. If there are, if there's a strength on the New England Patriots defense more so than anywhere else on the field, it, it is in the secondary and they held their own there. They got the turnovers. And I think it made it difficult for the Dolphins to really um, finish drives. Because ultimately, that's what, that's what this was about. The Dolphins had some spurts there where they got some things going, but they struggled to finish drives. I think this is going to be something that probably happens most of the year. We saw it a lot last year that this is going to be... Ryan Fitzpatrick, who he is as a quarterback, is he's a streaky guy. There's going to be games where he's hitting on all of the throws, and uh, he and if the Dolphins playmakers are are making the plays, then uh, it's going to look really great. And then there are going to be times where Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not an elite quarterback in this league. He's going to have moments where he looks very average or even below average, and that's going to be something that that probably happens all year. But I will say that the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick dropped back 30 times in this game and was only sacked once, you have to feel pretty good about that because I feel like the passing game, uh, you know, the, the way that they can work off of each other, uh, just getting familiarity in this new offense, uh, you're not going to go up against the Patriots secondary every week. Things should get better in that regard. As far as the run blocking, it was it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. The Dolphins had some success running running the football, but it, again, it was sparingly. And uh, again, with the Patriots, I, I think I think their D line, I think our offensive line did a better job as a whole than our defensive line did in their matchup against New England's offensive line. But I would still say New England's defensive line won the matchup between the offensive line of the Dolphins, albeit that matchup was far more competitive. Yeah, I, I think 
The New England's defensive line, particularly, I thought did a really good job in stopping the run. That was the aspect of the game where the Dolphins offensive line was really struggling was to make room for their running backs. Uh, and and it was, in, I mean, I think it was Gaskin had the most look, touches. I mean, that's, that said, I mean, you, you and I'm sorry to cut you off, but that said, look, Jordan Howard had a very rough day at the office. But outside of Jordan Howard, Miles Gaskin and Matt Breida combined for 14 carries for 62 yards. So they were right around six, uh, four and a half yards a carry. So while Jordan Howard really struggled and he got the first crack in the, at the beginning of the game and he got the first crack in the third quarter, the majority of the game, when it was Gaskin and Breida getting the carries, I, I thought we ran the ball fairly well, but then you get to a point where you're down uh you're you're down by two scores with you know and, and the way the patriots are are running the ball and we're not able to stop them you have to have some urgency in the second half and you got to you got to get something going so we kind of abandoned the run a little bit and we were having some success throwing the ball so i wasn't overly concerned with our inability to to run the ball i guess i'm a little concerned about as to why Jordan Howard couldn't crack much in the in the run game, but Gaskin and Brita were able to. Maybe it's a it's a situation. And again, this is one of those things that you don't really know until you watch the All Twenty Two. But maybe it's one of those things where the holes were there, but they just weren't there very long. And Gaskin and Brita, being faster, quicker guys who accelerate more quickly through the hole. Maybe that is why those guys had more success. That's something that the coaches are going to have to look at and they're going to have to determine because if that's the case and this Dolphins offensive line isn't able to create those big holes that are, that they're able to keep open for a long enough period of time for Jordan Howard to hit the hole. Well, then Jordan Howard's not going to be any good and Gaskin and Breida are going to be your best bet to run the ball. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the snap counts yet, so I don't know what that number looked like. But but my gut is, just based on watching the game, it seemed like Gaskin was in there the most. And that, you know, and then Laird was also in there quite a bit. We saw a lot of Chandler Cox in this, but but Jordan Howard was not used that much. I mean, of the eight carries that Jordan Howard had, I think three of them came on that goal line possession before he finally got into the end zone. So, uh, so Jordan Howard did not see a lot of usage in this game, but it was good to see Gaskin, um, you know, nine or nine, nine carries for 40 yards, not too bad. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, there, it it could have been worse. It certainly could have been worse. Flores was asked about the usage for Gaskin. And I think it was Omar Kelly who asked the question. And he said, well, did Jordan Howard get hurt? Was it the game plan to play Gaskin more than Howard? And Brian Flores simply said that, look, we had a rotation. Gaskin made a few nice runs, made a couple of nice plays in the passing game, and we just stuck with him. And I think that's going to be it. I I think this is going to be a platoon. They're going to have a rotation, and they're going to go with the hot hand, so get used to it. Uh, I I think... uh, now, if Gaskin does this every week where he's out playing Jordan Howard every week, then at a certain point, you will see them start Gaskin. 
and Gaskin getting a higher percentage of the snap counts. But if we come out next week and Jordan Howard uh, on the first drive has like five carries for 30 yards, and then Miles Gaskin comes into the game and, and is stopped stone cold on his first couple of carries, by the end of it, Jordan Howard might have 80% of the snap counts. I think it's going to be very week to week. Some of it will be matchup specific, but I think a lot of it is just going to be who's got the hot hand. Let's let's dive into our good, the bad, and the ugly for this game. Um, we'll we'll start with the good, where we'll each pick uh, one of the things that we thought was really good in this game. And I have to tell you, the thing that is for me, what is my uh, the thing that I believe is really really good in this game is when the Patriots came out and went straight down the field 75 yards for a touchdown to open the second half and go up 14 to three. The Dolphins turn around and immediately go three and out, give the ball right back to the Patriots who go straight down the field and then fumble the ball through the end zone for the touchback. My immediate thought was, okay, this is a huge moment in this game because the Patriots have been dominating and now they've made a mistake. So can the Dolphins take advantage? And what we saw after that was that the Dolphins went right down the field in 11 plays and ended up scoring a touchdown to make it to make it a one possession game and got the two point conversion as well on top of it to make it 14 to 11 that answer was such a positive moment for me because that's the kind of thing that good football teams do is when the other team makes a big mistake you take advantage and, and the fact that the Dolphins did that, yes, they didn't go on to win the game, but that was a, a kind of a momentum shift there because after they scored that touchdown, uh, you know, you were, the Dolphins, you know, they, they scored that touchdown, you were feeling good. And then, of course, the Patriots went back down the field and, and, and scored again. But it was a big moment because it was an answer and it was taking advantage of another team's mistake. And that is something that we've seen the Dolphins fail to do in the past. So the fact that they did do that in this game is something that I thought was a positive. Aside from all the individual performances, that was something that I will come away from this game going, okay, that was a situation where the team took advantage and and made the other team pay for making a mistake against them. What is uh, what is another good point for you in this game? or whether it was a, a good moment or a good series of events, or whether it was another individual performance that you thought was good, what would that be for you? Well, well can I say Miles Gaskin? Or since we already covered that, that doesn't count. I think you can talk a little more about Miles Gaskin, but, or maybe you want to talk about Christian Wilkins. Well, Christian Wilkins made some plays. Um, he, he came up with a couple of stops. Uh, he made, he was very active getting into the backfield and, uh, deflecting passes. So that was nice to see that the Dolphins first round pick from a year ago, uh, really has started the year off making, making an impact, making impact plays because it's one thing to be a good, solid football player. But when you draft somebody in the first round, you really want them making big impact plays. So when you see he's got a sack, two tackles for a loss, and a couple of uh, of passes that he deflected, those are 
those are great stats. And that's, that's really nice to see that Christian Wilkins has started this season on a high note. And maybe he's taking that next step. So I will say that that's a good, uh, but outside of that, look, Miles Gaskin, look, I thought uh, I was the one guy in the, in the round table discussion that we did with the guys from dolphinstalk.com, uh, that, uh, that said Miles Gaskin is going to be my surprise player because I thought he was definitely going to have a role on this offense and a role in this backfield based on all of the reports that I was hearing out of camp. That said, I did not expect him to be our leading rusher. I did not expect him to our, to be our best offensive playmaker. I will say this though, uh, maybe not our best offensive playmaker because my last good thing um, which you could take, you got to take a little bit of the good with a little bit of the bad. But before he got hurt, Devontae Parker looked outstanding in this game. Uh, he was winning the battle against Stephen Gilmore, four carries on four, or four catches on four targets. So he caught every ball that was thrown his way for 47 yards, uh, had, had some nice chunk plays after only gaining two yards, I think, on his first catch. So, uh, that means on, on his other three catches, he was right around 15 yards a care, uh, a, a catch. So you hope that Devontae Parker is healthy because if he is, he showed no signs of slowing down after the way that he finished the season last year. He looked like an all pro receiver. What are, uh, what are your bads from this game? Look, my bads, look, Christian Wilkins, you could say all the good things that you want about, uh, him having two tackles for a loss, him having a sack, him having a couple of passes deflected. And those are five impact plays, but those are five plays over the course of the game. And I'm not trying to single him out, but he plays on the defensive line and the Dolphins defensive line as a whole was bullied all over this field. And it wasn't just the defensive line. Uh, it's also the linebackers, uh, that just did not make enough plays. Uh, the tackling was shoddy at times. Uh, other times it was good, but it wasn't, they weren't making impact plays. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna single out one guy, a guy that I actually, uh, think is gonna be one of the more important players on the Dolphins defense. And I think he's gonna have a really nice year and he may end up being the best player on the defense on the defensive side of the ball for the Dolphins in general when all is said and done this year. But Kyle Van Noy, Kyle Van Noy had a chance to make the biggest stop of the game in the fourth quarter on the Patriots last drive, the drive that ultimately uh, put the game away. Well, it didn't put the game away, but put it, made it back to a two score game with the game 14, 11, third and six at the Miami Dolphins 10 yard line. Cam Newton scrambles. Kyle Van Noy's got a shot at him to stop that for a two, maybe three yard game. And he whiffs on the tackle. Ultimately, Cam Newton does end up falling short. They originally rule that it's a first down. They go, the Dolphins challenge it. They overturn the spot on the field, but you end up with a fourth and inches. It's going to be extremely difficult for any defense to stop New England on a fourth and inches this year when they've got Cam Newton and that kind of power on their offensive line. But it's going to be particularly difficult when your defensive line is being bullied all game as the Dolphins were. So even though you were like, well, 
we've got a shot here to stop them on this fourth and inches. You, you kind of knew that they were going to get that fourth and inches. And once they picked up the first down, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to get into the end zone. If Kyle Van Noy makes that stop and you're, and you're talking about a fourth and three or a fourth and four, the Patriots are kicking a field goal there. And instead of it being 21 to 11, it's 17 to 11. You've got the ball with a chance to put together a touchdown drive to take the lead in the game. And so because of that, I thought that was the biggest play of the game was not the fourth down play, because I at that point, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that the Patriots were going to get it. It was the third down play that set it up where Kyle Van Noy whiffed on the tackle. So that was, to me, the biggest negative. Yeah, I, I'd have to say that my bad from this game is just plain and simple was Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know. Fitzmagic giveth and Fitzmagic taketh away and Fit, Fitzmagic certainly tooketh away today. He, he ended up numbers 20 of 30 for 191 yards, three picks, a 44.6 rating. It just, things just looked out of sorts and, you know, he, he had some time, but it, it was just, there was just some bad decision making from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think all of the interceptions were particularly bad ones today. Yeah. And it was, I mean, particularly the second one right before the half. Um, that one was particularly bad when it looked like the Dolphins were going to have an opportunity to sort of maybe do a little something before halftime down seven to three. Um, but, you know, Fitzpatrick throws the bad pick. It was, it was disappointing. Now, I want to say this. Because it's, I, I already see the conversation and you knew this was going to happen. In, in a lot of ways, this performance from Ryan Fitzpatrick was the worst possible thing that could have happened because it was a bad performance from Brian, Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no question about that. It wasn't off the rails, horrendous, canceled football, never let him play it down for the team again bad. But it was, it was bad enough that now you've got everybody on the Dolphins Twitterverse going, it's two a time. It's two a time. And let me just say this here, right now, it is not two a time. It is not time to go from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua Tungavailoa and, and make this big change. This, the, this offense is still in the process of working itself out. The last thing you want to do is throw a wrench in it by changing your quarterback. We're not ready for that. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, frankly, at this point in time, is still the quarterback that is best suited to help this team win for right now. That doesn't mean that somewhere down the line, it's not going to be Tua time. Because if this, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick puts in another, four or five performances and they're all just like this. Well, then at that point, it's like, well, what do you have to lose? Might as well make the change. But I think at this point, the offensive line needs to figure things out. The defensive line needs to figure things out. And this team sort of, sort of needs to get a better idea of who it is and what it is before you put Tua on the field. And that's as a way of sort of protecting him. And it's also as a way of making sure that he is coming into the best possible situation. You don't want to throw him in just because Ryan Fitzpatrick has put in a couple of stinkers. You want to put Tua into the game when it is, when it is, when the, when the, the climate is just right 
and you feel like Tua can be successful. Because if you put Tua out there in a situation where he is not suited for success, it can backfire. And you, the last thing the Dolphins need is to put Tua out there in a position to fail. So it's not Tua time yet. Yes, this was a disappointing performance from Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it's not Tua time yet. So let's all pump the brakes on that. Tua time is coming. We're going to get it. I watched the documentary. Did you watch the Tua documentary, Brain? I did not. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I recommend okay, but it. But I, I would like to touch on this, though. Okay, well, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're, we're going to give you an opportunity to talk about it. Tua's great. He's a great person. He's, by, uh, by all accounts, he's got what it takes to be a great quarterback in this league. But it's not time yet. Okay, so let's all pump the brakes and... Just just give it some time. Let's let's get into the season a ways before you start calling for Ryan Fitzpatrick to take a seat. It may very well happen, but not yet. Go ahead, Brain. Okay, so first off, you cannot excuse three turnovers. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick himself, like you're not going to win a, very many games in the NFL when you're when you're turning the ball over three times when you're throwing three interceptions. The the first interception that he throws, Preston Williams fell down. Like, he slipped. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to get credited with the interception. The coverage was good. It was Stephen Gilmore. So, I guess if you really want to fault Ryan Fitzpatrick, you could say, well, he tried to throw it into some tight coverage and, and his guy lost the battle. But that's kind of something that can happen when you're going up against Stephen Gilmore. So, if you want to fault him on that, Okay. The second one right before the half, I get it. That was a terrible one. And I said it, and I said as much when it happened. Uh, it was just, he didn't see the linebacker. He, he made the throw. He threw it right at the guy and it was terrible. And there was the potential there that the Dolphins could have put together something at the end of the half to put points on the board. But that said, let's look at those first two turnovers and what happened off of them. Nothing. They cost the Dolphins nothing. Then he throws the interception at the very end of the game where he's, you know, he forced it into some traffic. He probably didn't need to do that at that specific time. There, It's questionable whether or not there was pass interference. They talked about it on the telecast. They had Gene Steratore on. They said, I understand. Gene Steratore himself, a former official, said, I understand why the Dolphins coaching staff is upset because there was contact and the defender was not making a play on the ball. Therefore, it should have been pass interference. That said, he forced it into coverage and it was intercepted and that's the ball game. But you're down by 10 points and you're trying to make something happen. And Ryan, Fitz, as Ryan Fitzpatrick said in his press conference at the end of the game or after the game, is like, it, we don't just need to score there. We need to score a touchdown and have ourselves and have some time left on the clock so that one, either we get an onside kick and we've got some time to make something happen, or if we don't get the onside kick, we've got our timeouts, uh, we got some time that we can play with to get a stop and make something happen. So he, it came from a good place, but when you're down by 10 points with less than two minutes left, Sometimes you don't have great options, and even with all that said, it still looked like the Patriots got away with a pass interference on the play. Now, even with all three of those interceptions, which again, I'm not excusing, at the end of the day, you throw three interceptions, 
you can't really excuse it. It was not a good game. But outside of those three plays, where did he have this bad game? Because I saw him being very Ryan Fitzpatrick. I saw him scrambling for key for a key first down. I saw him scrambling for a, a key two-point conversion. I saw him making a couple of big throws. I saw him on a fourth down giving his receiver a chance to make a play and causing a, a pass interference because Ryan Fitzpatrick gave them an opportunity to make something happen. In my opinion, they were in this game because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you can look at his passer rating, which is entirely numbers-based and based on completion percentage and yards per attempt and touchdown-to-interception ratio. And when you throw zero touchdowns and three interceptions, it's going to look awful. But when you look at his QBR, it was 72.5. And the QBR, look... Before you get all huffy puffy out there, you people that are like, oh, QBR is a made up stat and it's, it's completely subjective and it's not a real stat. Okay. But this is what it is. It's objectively looked at by people that are paid to watch every single play, determine what the object of that play is and grade it as a good play or a bad play. And he got a 72.5, which is not a terrible QBR. In fact, Cam Newton, who was 15 for 19 in this game and had a passer rating of over 100, his QBR was 79.6. Cam Newton had a better game, but Ryan Fitzpatrick did not have some terrible game. He had a couple of passes that I'm sure he would like to have back and ultimately the Patriots made him pay for every single mistake that he made, and that's what really good teams and really good defenses do. And that's what's going to happen against a team like the Patriots. You're, you cannot afford to make that many mistakes because they're going to make you pay for them. But it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick had this terrible game. So completely in agreement, it is not to a time. In fact, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick... Look, if we, if we started Tua in this game, this would have been a blowout. I mean, it could have been a blowout anyway, to, if not for the worst rule in football happening to give the Dolphins a major break. But that said, the Dolphins had an opportunity to win this game, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great deal to do with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I was really, mainly I went to him for my bad because you had t- taken the defensive line. And so... That was where, that was where I went. Look, and I'm and I'm not and I'm not disagreeing with you because at the end of the day, like those are the two things that are going to stick out at you as the reasons that we lost the game. Uh, I mean, in general, if you're talking about your defense <laughs> as a whole and your quarterback, those are going to be pretty deciding factors every single week as to whether or not you win a football game, but. And, and so I don't disagree with you that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a bad game, but this was not just not a horrifically off the rails bad game. It really wasn't that bad of a game at all. You're saying it was, it was just, just kind of, was, it was kind of an average performance from Ryan Fitzpatrick where he threw a few interceptions. It was, it was an average performance that the numbers where the numbers look worse than what it actually was. Fair enough. Let's get to the ugly. What is the ugly for you? Um, 
a couple of things, but I'm going to stick with the one that I know because there's one that I know and there's one that I'm not there. Well, I guess there's two that I'm not a hundred percent clear on. Um, the, for me, the ugliest thing is look, Devontae Parker pulling up lame and having a hamstring injury and having to come out of the game. Um, there's nothing against Devontae Parker by all accounts. He's putting in great work and it was obviously showing up on the field with four catches for 47 yards in in limited snaps but him coming off the field I think you know it it takes this Dolphins offense isn't going to be anything special this year and if they have any chance of being uh even a decent offense they're going to need Devontae Parker playing at a high caliber and Devontae Parker was a guy who up until last year one of the biggest knocks on him was that he gets hurt every year and so for him to get injured on the first <laughs> game of the season it's troublesome and and I guess that would be my ugly the other two things I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure what happened but there was the play uh, where New England, uh, was, you know, down by the goal line and, and Jerome Baker, uh, I guess, you know, got, got called for a penalty for some unnecessary roughness. Uh, he was doing some things under the pile that, that were less than, less than, uh, professional. And the very, and then at the end of the game, uh, coming off the field, I, I'm still not very sure what happened, what was said, but, uh, the, the uh the confrontation there between Christian Wilkins and Cam Newton after the game i mean look there doesn't need to be any love loss here i don't like the patriots they don't need to like us we don't need to like them and i love a little a little rivalry and, and you know some heat and some passion in a game especially and you know i like seeing my players a little bit frustrated when they lose but we don't need to be doing stupid things that could wind up with guys getting penalized or suspended or God forbid hurt because they get into a skirmish. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure entirely what was going on in either of those situations. Um, it leads me to my ugly, which, and I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this guy, but listen, there was, there was some questionable officiating in this game, some dodgy penalties, the uh, roughing the passer penalty on cam was, was pretty bad. Uh, there was, uh, well, I mean, the, the the penalty on Jerome Baker for the late hit out of bounds on Edelman, Edelman was was pretty clear. I mean, you just can't do that. But it, listen, it's preseason. It was the first game of the season for the referees to ensure they may have sat in, overseen some scrimmages over the course of the of the training camp period, but. This was their first game at real game speed, so I'm not going to jump down anybody's throat, and I'm not going to be that guy that says New England owns the officials. I'm not going to be that guy, but there was some 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 of the officiating was a little bit, uh, let's just say, not great. Eh, but that is know. what it I, is. I, Again, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy, so I'm not gonna not gonna go on a rant about it. But anyway, this is our season opener. Dolphins drop it in New England, 21 to 11. We have a question that came in from our good friend at Dolphins End Zone. And the question is, and I don't know that this is serious. Do the Dolphins win a game this year or are we looking at a QB duel, Trevor versus Tua next year in camp? Listen. Give me a break. Yeah, listen. 
the Dolphins are are not the Dolphins are not going winless this season. I feel very strongly about that. Uh, the team is much better than they were last year, and uh, yeah, it's just a ridiculous situation to think that they could. Now, listen, there's a possibility we could end up with Trevor Lawrence if if Houston ends up as the worst team in the league, but I don't see that happening either. Um, but, you know, uh, listen, all I know is that at this point in time, the Dolphins have the inside track to both the number one and number two draft picks next season. And it was helpful to them that uh, Jacksonville won today. So, uh, you know, that's the team that everybody thought was the odds on favorite to get the number one pick. And they got a win today over Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts, as weird as that sounds. Look, come, uh, come one o'clock in the morning, uh, Tuesday morning, whenever that late Monday night game ends. Half of the league is going to be 0-1. That's right. And I'm willing to bet that the New England Patriots are better than half of the teams that won games this this week. It is not easy to go into New England and win football games. New England is still a very good football team. And the Dolphins had opportunities. This was not... This was not us getting beat by 50 points to the Baltimore Ravens in week one last last year. If we were going to go winless, last year was the year that we would go winless with just being completely bereft of talent and and putting in, you know, installing new players and a new system every single, every every place on the field and in every aspect of the coaching staff and in the culture and in the locker room. And we still went on to win five of our last nine games and win five games overall uh, in a in a season where a lot of people did think that we were going to go winless. This Dolphins team, it, it may be a rough start to the season because this first these first six games, the, the schedule makers did us did us no favors. But this Dolphins team is going to be in a lot of football games. We're going to have opportunities. We're going to win some football games. I still believe that we're going to be right around 500 when all is said and done. And I think there's going to be times in this year uh, where the Miami Dolphins are talked about as a team that is competing for a playoff spot. So it's 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 very easy to overreact when you're 0-1, just as it's very easy to react as, as many people did a few years ago when we started the season 3-0. and It is a long season. This is just one week. We'll be fine. I, I agree with that. There is there's a long way to go, and this is one game, and it was one game, frankly, that I I had us pegged to lose anyway. Um, you know, so it's it's not time to not time to panic and freak out. You know, it's just it's one game, and the other thing is, you know, as as I always say, the NFL is the king, or NFL fans are the kings of drawing enormous conclusions from very small sample sizes. This is one game where there were no preseason games before it. This is not what this team is going to look like at the end of the season. Let's everybody relax and let's just see how things develop over the next couple games. You know, we got a big game coming up against Buffalo at home next week. That's going to be a tough game, and in all likelihood, it's going to be a game that the Dolphins are going to struggle with. Because guess what? Buffalo is a as a as an athletic quarterback that can run, 
and maybe isn't the most accurate in the world, but he's a, he's a guy who can run, and that gives the Dolphins trouble. Uh, and they've got a very stout defense in Buffalo. So, you know, maybe the Dolphins start 0-2. Then they've got a Thursday night game on a short week in Jacksonville, and that's the game that I really think you got to look at that one and go, this is where we really need to see the Dolphins make some sort of statement as to who they are. And But then again, even that, it's on a short week on the road. So it's just a really rough, tough start to the season for the Dolphins. And obviously, you'd like to see them pull out a couple of wins here, maybe in games that you wouldn't think that they would win. And if they could do that, then that'll be reason for optimism. But there's certainly no reason to be, you know, thinking that the ship is sinking and that the the, the forward progress is is not working or anything like that. Or to, you know, call for Tua. It's not time for that. Let's everybody pump the brakes. It's going to be fine. It's one game. It's one game. Yeah, it's a disappointing result, sir. Sure, it is. It's disappointing to start 0-1. But again, this this season, it's like if the Dolphins make the play, playoffs this season, great. But that's not what this season is about. This season is about individuals making progress and the team learning to play better. This was the first game under Chan Gailey and his offensive scheme, which is why the offense looked all out of sorts. The offensive line is going to eventually is going to go back to the drawing board. They looked good in pass protection. Maybe soon they'll be able to make some better holes uh, on the offensive line. And and then the other thing is, listen, maybe maybe the Patriots aren't quite as bad defensively as everybody was making them out to be. I, I mean, how They're many not. times have people how many <laughs> times have people tried to write the funeral for the New England Patriots and the Patriots just turn around and say, "No, we're not dead yet." So that that is all factoring into this too. So, listen, if you're upset, I get it. I understand. I'm always upset when the Dolphins lose a game. It's 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 no fun. But there's a long way to go. 15 more games this season. This team, and quite frankly, I still think this team had mostly, I, they, they could certainly get worse. But, like, you look at this team, you look at the way this team performed in week one this year, and you put that against how they performed in week one last year. Look at that. Think about week one this year on the road versus week one last year at home. And it's a world of difference. It is what a it is, world of difference. Yeah, what it is, what this game is, is this game was a reminder that while the Dolphins have made some improvements and they've added a lot of pieces, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, they aren't where they need to be yet. And that's all this was. This was go up against a team that, you know, maybe they'll be in the playoffs, maybe they won't, but they certainly have a championship pedigree. And so nobody's going to be surprised if they're in the playoffs. Go on the road in week one and, and see if you can, and see what you can do against them. And they did not pass the first test, but that's okay because there are 16 or there are 15 more tests and we're simply not where we want to be yet. And that's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well. We, we, we hope, hope we'll I, get there. We, we hope we'll get I'm, there. Look, it's, we're still the same. It's still the same old Dolphins show. We still have yet to see anything that would tell us that they're not the same old Dolphins. So I'm not going to be eternally optimistic. But the time for, uh, you know, all in out, all out depression over the Miami Dolphins is not right now. 
Not after that, one week. That's correct. Talk, it's talk not, to us next week. That's right. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll touch base again after the Buffalo game. But in the meantime, Brain, why don't you tell uh, all the people where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Aaron the Brain. And, uh, and it seems like some people are finally finding you on Twitter. We had I a nice that. little spike today. Some folks uh, came your direction. So thank you, everybody, for following Aaron the Brain. If you haven't followed me yet, I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins on Twitter. We are also at Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. You can also download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We very much appreciate any, any and all of you who are willing to take a few moments out of your time to do that. We appreciate it. You can find us everywhere where you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find us. If there's somewhere that you'd like to listen to podcasts and we're not there, let us know and I'll see if we can get onto that platform for you. And uh, of course, every single episode of the same old Dolphin show is available on DolphinsTalk.com, your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up for you this season on DolphinsTalk.com. We've got our picks. We've got... Uh, we've got weekly columns, we've got previews, we've got podcasts, we've got a little bit of everything for you at DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure that you're constantly visiting the site because there's constantly new content available for you. We will be back later this week with a preview of the Dolphins' upcoming game, their home opener against the Buffalo Bills. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!